So I guess if you made it in life, uh, it means you go to fucking condo meeting. This man's a fucking loser. His name is Mr. Jack Falcon. Damn, bro. Tell me how you really feel. Bro, you fucking... You dragging... Yo, there are so many boomers at that meeting just whining about bullshit. So... Why don't you tell them, hey, um, if, if my hero Bruce Willis can get dementia, so can you. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah, so like there was flooding in in one of the buildings, so they got like a bunch of mold, so they had to pay a fucking shit ton of money to fix it, and everyone had to haul all their shit out. <clears throat> Some of the buildings have like a communal basement or whatever, oh, fuck and that. so yeah. So anyway, they had to haul their shit out and put it in pods, and now they're like, oh, you got to bring it back, and everyone's like, I celebrate Christmas. I don't have time. Like, here's an idea: uh, ditch religion, fuck Christmas, and then you'll be fine, and it doesn't fucking matter. Oh, great. We 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 got we we got one of those fuckers. Who you know? Uh, why you, you bet, like Christmas? Hang on! Don't bring that Wait. shit around my kid, motherfucker. What the religious thing? No, no, no! The whole fucking no, not religion. Oh God, I wouldn't le- let my daughter near a priest if my life depended <laughs> on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Which part? Just the whole religion or anything organized religion. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I thought you meant me. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, you too, because you're on the list. I mean, yeah, you're I'm on, on a list. couple lists. Yeah, yeah I shouldn't be. I shouldn't. All right. Be. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move forward on this. I gotta introduce this great man. His name is fucking Mud. It's Mr. Rob Fortune. Watch him become a god. Thank you for that introduction. Now I'd like to introduce this man. When it comes to eating ass, he says, keep on sniffing till your brain goes pop. It's Jomo. <laughs> that's right. I love it. Thank you. Love the fucking lacquerhead reference. That is fucking, that, that's jerk worthy material right there. Good sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking, this is actually, if you're listening to this right now, um, this is a re-recording, um, so my shit was acting up, apparently, my whole uh, desktop, but everything sounds great now, um, everything's working great, um, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Primus today. Yep, alright, we're gonna talk about four records, so before we have talked about Sailing the Seas of Cheese, <clears throat> so we won't be talking about that. Um, so, uh, three of the four records have that we're going to talk about today have the same members. You have Les Claypool, who uh, played bass and uh, is the lead vocalist. Uh, Larry Lalonde, who played the guitar. Uh, Tim Herb Alexander, who played drums until 96. Then uh, he left, and then he came back in 2003 to 2010. Left again, came back in 2013, and he's presently still the drummer. And then Brian Brain. Uh, who played drums, uh, he filled in or became a permanent member of the band uh, when Herb left from 96 to 2000. So that's pretty much the personnel on these records. Um, is there anything anyone wants to say before we start? Next. Primus sucks. Yep, yep. Nice. All right, we're going to start with Frizzle Fry. Am I in the right? Hang on, I'm in the rap one. You're in the, fr- yeah, you're in the Frizzle Fry. Oh yeah, Frizzle Fry. <clears throat> Alrighty. Oh, before I forget, all this stuff comes from Wikipedia, all the blurb stuff. 
Uh, so if it's wrong here, it's wrong there. And whoever collectively put it there, I don't fucking know, but that's the source. Uh, Frizzle Fries, a 13-track record, released in 1990, coming in just over 51 minutes long. It's the band's debut studio album and contains the singles John the Fisherman, Too Many Puppies, and Mr. Know-It-All. Primus self-financed the recording of Fizzle Fry using proceeds from their preceding live album, 1989's Suck on This. Uh, it was recorded at dif- uh, different Fur Studios in San Francisco in December 1989 and then released in 1990 by Caroline Records. Uh, Frizzle Fry features guitarist Larry Lalonde playing many parts written by previous guitarist Todd Huth, who left uh, before the recording. Frizzle Fry features the band's first single and minor radio hit, John the Fisherman. It was remastered in 2002 after the original had been out of print for years and was released on Les Claypool's label, Prawn Song Records. The remaster includes an extra track named Hello Skinny, slash Constantinople, a cover of the tracks Hello Skinny and Constantinople by The Residents. Too Many Puppies is the first Primus song Les Claypool ever wrote. You Can't Kill Michael Malloy is an excerpt from the Spent Poets song of the same name. The album's producer, Matt Weininger, who also recorded and produced Suck on This, was a member of the group and a clip is featured just before the toys go winding down. The beginning of To Defy the Laws of Tradition is an excerpt from the instrumental YYZ by the Canadian rock band Rush from their 1981 album Moving Pictures, sampled from the live version of John the Fisherman, which appears on Suck on This. Another Suck on This sample also appears at the end of Groundhog's Day, the Hey Hey Bob Cock here spoken intro from the album's version. The track John the Fisherman was used in the video game Guitar Hero 2. First of Fry was performed live in its entirety on Primus's tour in 2004 and a few more times in 2010. During the 2004 tour, You Can't Kill Michael Malloy was featured in its entirety as a short set break, as opposed to the mere 26-second excerpt that appears on the album. In 2015, Les Claypool ranked Frizzle Fry as his favorite Primus album. Rob, what do you think of Frizzle Fry? I think it's quite good. I'm giving it second place for the week. Uh, and like uh, Sailing the cheese, Seas of Cheese is probably my number one favorite, but we're not talking about that this week. We're just talking about these four. I giving, I'm giving this second place. Uh, so I think uh, Les Claypool's fucking bass playing is uh, like just as good on this album as it is on other albums. Uh, like You get that two hands tapping thing uh like uh you you get it on the first song here which is called uh, defy the laws of tradition like that's a that's like this this part that i'm talking about like the dynamic comes way down and then you have these two melodies like uh you know so left hand tap something low right hand tap something high both of those melodies like those are not like hummable like catchy melodies but they they intrigue me in some other way and that's that's kind of like uh, uh, the bliss of Primus on some level. Like this is not a pop band, uh, and also all, like this is kind of like a jam band, metal, funk. I don't know what kind of music this 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 album is, but I remember listening to it kind of like having a bad time at first because I'm like these songs are too long. There's too many like weird uh transitions that don't really work like uh riff a doesn't is, is something and then riff b is like a different genre and like the transition isn't smooth to me but like the kind of like the more i listen to this the more uh uh, I just, I, uh, I, just, I just, I just, I just like experienced like a body high, and I stopped caring about all that shit. It was just like, I, I can fuck like th- there's a certain low, 
of fucking jamminess that I could just I once I got into the rhythm of it, I I stopped fighting it, and then I started having a good time, and so like I started to like like that it like rambled on a bit, and, and um I don't know I uh so like yes. <laughs> I also love that this band is hilarious. All of these, all of these albums are hilarious. I don't know if one is the most hilarious, but I know that this band is fucking hilarious from the beginning. And you know, I I think a lot of musicians, is, is especially, try to paint themselves as sex symbols and like total fucking winners. Less goes like kind of the opposite direction. Maybe this is a '90s thing, but I think kind of less did it like more than most you know he, he he says primus sucks who who says that they suck yeah but you get pr- spaghetti western like uh in his intro like he paints himself as a loser uh he <laughs> how many singers are talking about jerking off he calls it pulling the pud he, but he, he doesn't not on just on this album he, call, he he talks about pulling the pud on like most of these albums that and like wearing women's panties and i don't fucking know what else but yeah the the dude uh the the the, the the dude's fucking funny, and I I appreciate the like self-deprecation, you know whatever. But yeah, this album has uh good uh dynamics. Uh, Groundhog's Day is a is a, is a is a highlight for me. Like the the like this the, the, that '90s stuff that I love with like the like the brutal uh like uh heavy distortion mixed with like quiet uh uh, uh soft tone parts. I don't know. There's a lot of that that are really fucking good um what else but yeah the the guitar playing so larry lalonde is i fucking love his guitar playing but like look you you were saying how like this album uh he's still kind of using the last guitar players parts for some of these songs i hear it like a lot like some of the guitar playing is normal minor which is okay and acceptable but this dude does some of the most special like creepy fucking diminished guitar playing on some of these albums uh, so I'm gonna say that Larry Lalonde is good on this album, but not like up to his full potential. You do hear it on like I want to say Herald of the Rocks. You you, you hear some crazy ass shit on there. But so he he's he's good, but I I don't, like so that's why I'm giving this one number two for the week, and that's it. So yeah, Primus is um, kind of one of the hail marys of being weird, original, and successful. So uh, Les Claypool went to. Uh, high school with Kirk Hammett, who was the guitar player of Metallica. And he said that Primus got on MTV before Metallica did. And Kirk Hammett was asking him, like, how the fuck do you get on MTV? Like, we've been trying to get on MTV. Uh, so, yeah, like a band like Primus, like, okay, every, put it this way, like every minute Primus is on MTV is a minute that like Madonna or Britney Spears is not on MTV. So uh, the fact that they're getting, like they got as popular as they did. Like, I, I love that they stayed true. They've been weird. Yeah. Les Claypool is very funny. Uh, I also love Larry Lalonde. I think he's a fucking, he's really funny. If you watch his interviews, like uh, there's one where he's showing off the tour bus that they're in. There's one where he's just showing off different riffs that he wrote, uh, you know, like famous ones that were in the Primus catalog. He's always joking around. He's funny. He's a great guitar player. I believe Larry Lalonde was also taught by Joe Satriani. I could be wrong, but like Joe Satriani taught Kirk Hammett. He taught Steve Vai. Uh, He taught quite a few like very famous guitar players. 
who became really good. And Larry Lalonde is great as well. Um, when I, so, okay, Jomo introduced me to Primus. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've, I've always known about Primus oh, because yeah. the thing that's crazy about Primus is they have never been the biggest band in the world, but like everyone knows who they are. And even more than that, literally every musician on planet earth knows who the fuck Les Claypool is. And it's pretty crazy to have that notoriety from, I mean, they've sold like a, their albums have sold, they've gone platinum, so they sold a million or two copies, but it's it's never been like a diamond selling album. They didn't sell like Hot Dog Flavor, or what is it? The, uh, it's Chocolate the Starfish. Fuck is that yeah. yeah, they didn't or sell Chocolate Starfish other. numbers. Yeah. Or Significant Other, but like, they definitely sold more than you would think that they did. So when they were originally uh, trying to be signed for a record label, <clears throat> uh, the turning point for them making money versus the record label making all the money was at 100,000 units. So their lawyer was like, I don't know, do you think you'll sell 100,000 copies? If not, go with the company. And if you think you do, then go elsewhere. So end up selling, I don't know, maybe... I'm going to guess they've sold maybe max 10 million worldwide, uh, probably somewhere around there. But yeah, Les Claypool saying it was a good thing that we never went with that label because it wouldn't have worked like it would have worked out inversely, because even if we thought at the time we wouldn't sell like it's like when, when you're like a young musician, like 100,000 copies is a fucking shit ton. So uh, when they were actually, uh, you know, playing different shows and, and putting out records and stuff that went very quickly over over a hundred thousand when they were on mtv and stuff um as far as a jam band yeah primus is like in the middle so you have fish who is like the jammiest jam band on earth uh and then you have uh fucking i don't know some boring ass mtv band a radio rock band on the other side primus like i wouldn't call them a jam band but they could be a jam band they could definitely play when you watch their woodstock uh 94 show they definitely could riff on songs for 20 fucking minutes 30 if they wanted to uh they have like they they work really well together and their uh woodstock show is fucking awesome it starts with to defy the laws of tradition which is off which is which begins this album and it ends with uh herald on the rocks um so this record yeah it's his favorite and so this was newer at the time but yeah this this album like holds a lot of weight for the stuff that they would play live. Uh, so when when I, when I we first listened to Selling the Seas of Cheese, I'll wrap this up in a second. <laughs> when we first listened to Selling the Seas of Cheese, I put on Woodstock 94 for Primus. Two minutes in, I was like, God damn, how much longer does this have? This week, I got to the end, an hour and 15 minutes in or whatever, and I was like, I wish this was another hour long. I don't know, Primus is something that just has to click for you. It's like when when Becca and I have been, we've been memeing kind of about Rush lately because I've been humming them a lot, and mm -hmm. then they just kind of been coming up in random conversations like they were on jeopardy the other day like one of the answers was rush and so like we've been sending things back and forth but when i listen to rush now it's like a very natural thing i just put on some like a rush playlist and i'm humming the songs i know them all because we've listened to them and it's the same with primus it's not like me being like oh do i know any primus songs i just put it on it's like oh yeah this is a great song i just let the albums flow one of the things i love about this band is like the records are like one big like puzzle and like the songs are just pieces. They're not just like these individual clean cut things that have nothing to do with anything else. There's a flow. There's like a whole science behind these records. Even in the beginning, even with Frizzle Fry, the first one they put out, this isn't like a fucking hack record and then they got good later. It, it's a whole piece that was envisioned and created and it's fucking great. Jomo, what do you think about Frizzle Fry? 
Oh, Jesus Christ. You guys pretty much covered it. I mean, Rob was very in-depth. And um, you, motherfucker, you watch Jeopardy? What are you, 65 years old? I don't, I don't watch Jeopardy, but you, you Becca just watches. Said, you, can watch like, you can watch the highlights, and, and Becca will send me the highlights. And one of them was like Canadian rock bands or something. And, Ru- and Rush was, I think, the $1,000 question or answer to the question. Fucking nice. dork. Fucking dorks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah Bo- both dork. of you are fucking dorks. Anyway, let's get to the point. All right, um, the record opens up. Uh, Defy the laws of tradition. Great, amazing. Too many puppies is just like it, it's it's like one of those fucking uh, stoner like mosh songs, man. That you could just totally just see yourself losing it to. Um, love that song, John the Fisherman. Uh, I, I I see why people like it. I see why it was a hit. It's just not for me because Frizzle Fry is the fucking magnum opus of this fucking album. God damn it. This is this is like this is it for me. That is the pinnacle of of uh Primus for me is when they did fucking Frizzle Fry. Because the way that song crescendos and ends, it's just so fucking powerful, man. Like it, I don't know what it is, but I just want to punch a hippie in the face. I, I can't help myself. Other than that, man, the, the album is a complete album for me at easy nine point six out of ten. The only critique that I have that kind of knocks it down a little bit is like those weird little interlude skits that they do. Um, it, it's just, it, it's a little molestery to me, man. It, it gives me bad vibes. The, that's all I got to say. Nice. If you think that's molestery, wait, wait till we take a, we relook at the next uh, album artwork. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that That's your uncle touching your butthole. Uh, so anyway, um, what do I want to say about these? Yeah, this isn't my favorite record by them, but I do love it. And it's grown on me a lot. When I was driving, I had a show on Sunday and when I was driving to it, I put this on and like, again, it was, it wasn't even like I had to think about what songs were on here. It was just like, Oh yeah, love the song. It was great. It, it just like, it's, it's, it, it just comes like so natural to you when you start listening to Primus. My favorite song in this album, one of my favorite songs on in the entire band's career is the toys go winding down, banger fucking status, dark haunting kicks ass. Um, I don't want to get too in depth with going through the stuff. Cause I yapped for a fucking hour. Uh, groundhogs day. That's a song that a lot of people love. One of my favorite, um, examples of primus so the the previous guitar player todd hooth he was saying that um okay working with les claypool and a very talented drummer right i don't remember who the drummer was at the time but it it, it is not uh tim alexander who's in the band at this point but he was saying when you have an active bass player and singer like les claypool and an active drummer and they're kind of you know doing all this crazy shit what do you do as a guitar player to complement it so he was saying like i would kind of find these little areas that i could fit something in or kind of go over the top of something and that's one thing i love about primus it's like okay you have les claypool singing playing this crazy bass you have drums doing awesome cool crazy jammy shit and then you have larry Lalonde doing this like weird stuff over the top just to compliment it like he's adding these you know weird lines and because like the bass and drum are like locked into the groove so the guitar player has got to do something and a lot of times he's not playing along with the bass like if you look at rock music stereotypical stuff the bass and the guitar a lot of times are doing the same thing but this band does it completely opposite where the bass is kind of leading the show and the guitar is just kind of complimenting it trying to do cool shit while the bass is going all over the place uh yeah frizzle fry is a banger riff at the end is like heavy as shit and yeah this band can be heavy as hell and i think it might come across sometimes um if you see them live it might come across a little better than some of the recordings like you might not think 
like when I hear that riff, it's like, okay, that riff is heavy as shit, whether it actually comes across as that, like intellectually, I mean, it's like heavy as shit, but like whether it actually comes across in an audio sense like that, it, it might come across better if you were to like see it live. And then lastly, putting time is one of the very few times I'm ever going to give anyone a pass for yeah. putting a nursery rhyme into a song. Uh, mm. Probably nobody else could pull off Humpty Dumpty, but it's fucking Les Claypool. Uh, he's, oh, getting a, he's getting a fucking lifetime pass, don't care. Nobody else try to do it because you're getting hit with the stick okay mm. let's read a couple youtube comments first one best primus album every single song is amazing next next one says what more can you say power chords from hell lyrics from looney tunes and a fucking awesome sound uh next comment tim and les what what a rhythm section the only thing larry could do is screech and make noise over their rhythms and it made sense uh next comment insanity makes weird music love it and lastly beyond rush with a hint of zappa humor uh kick ass grooves for a three-piece band is there anything that anyone wants to say about Frizzle Fry before we move on? No. Fucking amazing. It is good. It is a really good record. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. We're moving on to Jomo's. Oh, fuck. Jomo's favorite artwork. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Pork Soda is a 15-track record released in 1993, coming in just under 58 minutes long. It's the band's third studio album, reaching number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, and contains the singles My Name is Mud, DMV, and Mr. Crinkle. Pork Soda contains darker content than previous Primus efforts, featuring lyrics dealing with murder, suicide, and alienation. The band has commented that prior to recording... Uh, they had been touring for nearly two solid years and were thus in a somber mood, although in a 2015 interview, Les Claypool described the era surrounding the album as good times, happy times. It's not like we were reflecting any personal drama or anything. Re uh, regarding the song Wounded Knee, drummer Tim Alexander said, I needed a name. I was reading this book called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. It was something I never really thought about before. I mean, how this country came to be. We were taught to be so proud, but a lot of what we have is based on lies and deceit. They only teach you what they want you to know. I hope people will see the title and check it out. Next time you listen to Wounded Knee, try to put the story and the music together. The rhythm and the pulse, there is an element that it... There is an element of it that is angry and then peaceful. Mr. Crinkle was made into a video featuring Claypool in a pig suit and tuxedo playing upright bass in an abandoned warehouse as a carnival of oddities parades behind him, including his wife and her twin sister. Claypool said he put his heart and soul into the video but received next to no airtime on MTV. In an interview with Guitar World magazine, Claypool uh, disparaged the channel's unwillingness to air the video, saying it got played like six times. In 1993, Primus headlined the alternative rock festival Lollapalooza. They also made an appearance uh, in the Woodstock 94 music festival. They were pelted with mud while they performed My Name is Mud. About a minute into the song, the band stopped playing, and Claypool said, Well, I opened a big-ass can of worms with that one, didn't I? The song is called My Name is Mud. <laughs> Excuse me. The song is called My Name is Mud, but keep the mud to yourselves, you son of a bitch. Pork Soda has been performed in its entirety for the first time at the Fox Oakland Theater on December 31st, 2015, and has been certified platinum. Jomo, what do you think of Pork Soda? Dude, other than this child molester on a watch list fucking album artwork, um, this is this is a great album. It's my probably my second or third favorite of the week. I, I had to re-listen to this. I may have gave different responses in the first time we recorded this, but... Um, after listening to this man this is probably my second favorite for the week um yeah it's hard to settle it's like it's 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 hard choosing which one i'm just gonna go my second favorite for the week um uh, my name is mud fucking everyone knows that fucking song man it's a savage song it's beastly uh it's got a veiny cock for sure man it's such a great song uh dmb 
Um, I know you're going to make an ICP reference, so I'm just going to say it. Um, the ICP reference of DMV means nothing to me. It's dog shit. Uh, whatever fucking Primus says goes, and that's what I'm going to stick my uh, stick stick by. Okay, um, uh, Mr. Crinkle, great song. Um, this whole Pork Chops little ditty. Um, this this is what I'm going to just sum up this fucking album with. All right, I think that Les Claypool was touched. Okay. Um, I think, I think, but you know, it's just like Michael Jackson, like every great artist has to have some sort of trauma in their life, whether it be, you know, Michael Jackson's dad beating the shit out of him and chemically Mm -hmm. castrating him, whether it be, you know, Ike Turner walloping Tina Turner. So she get that high note going. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I, you know, maybe he got his, his fucking butthole finger popped. I don't know. And that's why he's such a great bassist. It's just, you know. I don't know. Maybe those fucking pedos are onto something. I don't know. It happens to the best of them. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. we're we're done. We're fucking done. We're 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 fucking super done. Are you done, Jomo? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, yeah. So this CD, this CD is pretty fucking dark. Um, yeah. So I'm saying, okay, picture you work as an executive, and this comes across your desk, right? Primus pork soda with this fucking cover. What what do you say, Jomo? Yay or nay? Uh, like just on appearance alone, you don't get that someone says yes or no. You you sell them this or no? No, no, no. It's it's too molesty. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little too on the molesty side. But that's what I'm saying. That's why, like, I love the fact that Primus, you know, made it to where they were because probably if you if you if you listen to uh, the guy who worked with Meatloaf on the Bad Out of Hell uh, album, that like so many companies passed on that because they didn't see the vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like money. And they, the, their, the most important thing is money, which I understand. They're all, they're all businessmen. But yeah, like so to stay true. This is their third album now, and to stay true to like your craziness and your weirdness and whatever you want to do, music wise and artwork wise. Uh, you know, the fact that again they made the the music video where he's dressed up like a pig or whatever in a tuxedo and it gets played six times. No offense to Les Claypool, I'm not surprised. Does does really anybody surprised that 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 music video got played six times? Probably not. But they stuck to their shit, and everyone loves them for it. Um, so, a <clears throat> couple things I want to say. Yes, My Name is Mud. Fucking love that song. Don't care. Instantly recognizable. Badass. Uh, it still gets played today, uh, and for good reason. There are some songs from Frizzle Fry that are still, like, in 2021. I might have been the last Primus tour. Maybe they did something in 2022 or 2023. I looked into their set list at one point. <clears throat> but, yeah, songs from Frizzle Fry are even still in their set list. If you look at Megadeth... Uh, they haven't played shit from uh, Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good for like 30 fucking years. They don't even touch that album. So these guys love their debut enough uh, to to continue playing it. And I know fans love it as well. Okay, Pork Soda, right? I have no clue what he's saying in the song. I made this joke. It's like, I don't, I don't want to know what he's saying. And then I was reading about this album on, on uh, Wikipedia. And so it says, if you buy this record, <clears throat> the booklet has the lyrics printed to nine of the songs omitting pork soda, which consists of a series of unintelligible rants. So apparently no one knows what the fuck he's saying in that song. <laughs> Mr. Crankle fucking love that song. We'll listen to a 20 minute jam of it. Uh, Welcome to this world. Catchy as shit. One of the catchiest Primus songs. 
Um, and so uh, Les Claypool is in a band Oysterhead with Stuart Copeland and Trey Anastasio. Well, Stuart Copeland was the drummer of The Police, and then Trey Anastasio, who's the guitar player of Fish. And so I'm going to talk about it later on. But yeah, Primus, you can you can pretty much do the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever it's called, the Six Degrees of Les Claypool, and probably connect any musician on planet Earth through him. Their fucking social circle is gigantic, and it only keeps getting bigger and bigger as they as they uh, progress uh rob what do you think of pork soda oh let's see this is an album that i bought back in the day uh you know like i i love sailing the seas of cheese or i mean i hated it and then i learned to love it and then everyone was like okay well if you love that album you better buy fucking pork soda because uh that's the other crucial album and uh i didn't fucking like it at the time uh so i feel like this album was recorded in a dark cave like something reverberates for days i think it's the snare and the effect is maybe supposed to compensate for something yet it seems to exaggerate an uncomfortable sensation that something is lurking in the silence and so you're on high alert to hear what else might be in the cave with you so you don't ever get to relax into your surroundings uh yeah so like my my name is mud like uh so like the 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 song has a really creative uh uh distortion on off thing on the bass there that uh my friends and i fucking love uh and then uh and then okay yes les claypool is not like a good singer i mean like he's he i mean he's he he he's like uh hitting pitches or whatever but he's not exactly like fucking He's not fucking I don't know Celine Dion or something. You don't you don't you don't love him for the beauty of his voice. He's just kind of like uh, throwing down a rhythm or whatever. And then like you got a song like My Name Is Mud and like not like not only is there like a ton of silence and like you know a drum beat and, and him singing and that's like ninety nine percent of what you get. You start the song by like uh, creating a rhythm and like a melody to go with it. And then he mutes his bass like so hard that all you get is like floppy strings, drums, and him singing. And it's like minutes of this. And I'm just like, God damn, you're like, I'm getting roasted so hard. And like, <laughs> I have to laugh because uh, the, the, the roast is good and I'm in on it and I paid for this to happen to me. Uh, but uh, God damn, it took, it takes fucking balls. Like, yo, if. If, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, uh, yeah, if, 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 if Les Claypool has this, has the balls to fucking like sing into your mic totally fucking naked like that, then you have the, the fucking balls to approach your crush. You know what I mean? Like, I fucking, Les Claypool has inspired me. If he, if he can fucking do this, uh, with no fucking fear, then there's fucking hope for me. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I don't like Welcome to This World. Bob has riffs that I hate, but there's also like cool ideas, uh, like uh, uh, bass parts that are super, super staccato, but later build up tension by sustaining the note longer. That's like a Meshuggah thing that like, okay, not okay. One thing I loved about Meshuggah is like that, like if, 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 uh, if, if their thing was to get maximum fucking, um, uh power out of like the minimum amount of melody possible uh yeah like playing with like uh the, the length of your phrasing and stuff like that is like one way to like have variety if you if you're if you're if you're trying to be uh uh yeah so anyways yeah i, I got moments of that where it's like okay like uh i sometimes 
so, uh, sometimes I forget like uh, all the different ways that you can use music and silence uh, to, to its maximum potential. So I don't know. Uh, Wes is kind of a genius, even if uh, he drives me crazy half the time. DMV is good. The old Dimeback, Diamondback Sturgeon feels good. Uh, it's an uncomfortable jam, but I can sim sip a lemonade to that. Nature Boy is good. Uh, the air is getting slippery. Has like a sea shanty-ish repetitive vibe, and he talks about crystal meth. Yeah, uh, I uh, sometimes I forget. Like uh, back to like this dude makes songs about uncomfortable stuff. Like Jerry was a race car driver. Ends with like he had too many cold beers one night and wrapped himself around a telephone pole. And then this song has uh, crystal meth, and then like another album that we're gonna talk about, like. Uh, sniffing paint thinner or whatever the fuck. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, this dude sings a lot about dudes who fuck up their own life. And uh, yeah, I, I, I admire that he uh, sings about things that uh, other people won't fucking touch with the 10-foot pole. So anyways, uh, I don't like this album very much, but, uh, you know, whatever. Fourth place for the week. That's it. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think anyone yeah. ever on Earth ever set the mood like for a woman by playing primus like yo let me just put on some music real quick like real low and they just blast fucking my name is mud you guys think that's ever happened mm. no. i'm pretty sure no. that's something that i did and that's why i fucking never got laid in my 20s <laughs> so it has happened okay all right i'm i'm actually very surprised there hasn't been a primus movie made like the wall i think that these guys are perfectly lined up to have one made Mm. Um, okay, a couple songs we'll talk about before I move on. Bob, the song is dark as fuck. Um, but yeah, it's one that I'll be humming all fucking week as well. I love the guitar playing in it. Uh, Nature Boy is one of uh, some of my favorite music uh, by the band on this album. Uh, you know, bass and drum, they, they get in this lock and beat together. And then Larry just stacks on top. And he's he's awesome. When you watch, the, I can't remember the, the uh, channel he was on when he showed like, I don't know, 15 Primus guitar riffs or whatever. He shows the South Park playing the South Park uh, theme song, which Primus wrote. And I don't know, he's just so great. Plus that song is so ridiculous. Like nobody else could have written that song uh, with, the, with the exception of Primus. Uh, there's a comment on Nature Boy. I think someone said, I'm so happy that Metallica didn't choose Les as their basis. Primus needs to be protected at all costs. So uh, at one point, Les Claypool auditioned to be in Metallica and uh, James Hetfield was like, oh, you're too good. Yeah, we don't want you to be in the band. We're going to look for somebody else. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not worth giving up Primus for Les, to have Les Claypool have been in uh, Metallica. Uh, the Air is Getting Slippery is a song that Rob brought up. They play that live at Woodstock. They got balls for whipping that out. Their Woodstock set is fucking whack. And uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Jerry Cantrell comes out and plays some guitar. And then when he's done, when Larry comes out, he's like, how the fuck am I supposed to compare to that? Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great site. You should check it out. Um, yeah, this is, I don't know. This record is really dark. I do like it. Again, any of their albums are like one long idea, like one big picture. So I can let any of them play really all the way through. Uh, let's read a couple of YouTube comments and we'll move on. <clears throat> First one, Lalonde and Alexander, Lalonde and Alexander were criminally underrated. Uh, they are actually criminally underrated still. Uh, next one says, my buddy Travis let me borrow his CD player and he gave me pork soda and Pantera's vulgar display of power to listen to. We were in the eighth grade. Uh, next comment, it's 1993. I'm a junior and this is everything. Uh, next, nothing like a great song about going to the DMV. And lastly, has a different feel than Caesar Cheese and Frizzle Fry, but still a very solid collection of music. Yeah, it's a banger. You can't really go wrong with the 90s era of Primus. 
Uh, is there anything else anyone wants to say about uh, pork soda? No, I want to try a nice. pork soda. Nice. What is a pork soda? It's uh your mom's pussy juice. Um, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, neat. <laughs> God damn. Uh, you know that gif with Bender taking a picture? It's like neat. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. It is what it is. Yeah, we all know. All right, ready? Let's move on. Tales from the Punch Bowl is a 13-track record released in 1995, coming just over 54 minutes long. It's the band's fourth studio album, reaching number eight on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. It contains the singles Winona's Big Brown Beaver, Miss Blaylene, and Southbound Pachyderm. A Tales from the Punch Bowl was promised his last album with drummer Tim Alexander before he rejoined the band 17, seven years later, and again in September 2013. It contained their most successful single to date, Winona's Big Brown Beaver, the song was accompanied by a video with the band members dressed up in cartoonish plastic cowboy costumes similar to the suits worn in the then-current Duracell battery commercials. In 1996, Punchbowl was re-released as an enhanced CD for Macintosh and Windows as printed on the back inlay uh, for this version, combining high-end production values, 3D graphics, and spectacular effects uh, in loads of insanely cool stuff from Tales from the Punchbowl enhanced CD. Excuse me. Uh, the Tales from the Punchbowl Enhanced CD sends the viewer through a surreal virtual experience that features the complete album in CD sound quality. Player must navigate. Players must navigate uh, from the helm of Captain Shiner's ferry boat through an enhanced liquid atmosphere to many strange and mysterious islands. Many experiences are to be had, uh, all in a rose-colored water world filled. Filled with visuals reminiscent of Dali and Bosch. Printed in printed on the actual CD is a ship helm instead of the large image of Captain Shiner's face that appeared in the original pressing. Primus was invited to perform on the late show with David Letterman and late night with Conan O'Brien. On the David Letterman show, they appeared dressed in penguin tuxedos. At 1995's 38th Annual Grammy Awards, Winona's Big Brown Beaver was nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance, but lost to Pearl Jam with Spin the Black Circle. Oh. Uh, Tales from the Punch Bowl has been certified gold. Uh, you remember when Apple was called Macintosh back in the day? Yeah, Mac. Yeah. yeah. That's some boomer shit now. <laughs> anyway, I, wait, I love that there's wait, a... Wait, what, what the fuck? You have ADD or something? Like, stick to... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know I do. Jesus Christ, man. Get, you need to get back on Adderall, bro. Fucking so, you. I love that there's enhanced, an enhanced CD of this. Uh, it's like a Primus history book, uh, game and movie, and you can see like their albums and there's uh, the track listings and stuff. If you go to YouTube, uh, you look up the uh, Tales from the Punchbowl enhanced CD. Some guy like takes you through the whole game. It's very cool. Like I was saying, they, they need a movie. This is kind of like that. It's, it's actually really well done. I'm surprised how well it's done. <clears throat> um, I do like this record. Uh, some of uh, some of it I like more than some of their other stuff, but sometimes I don't. I like it less than some of their other stuff. Um, and then let's see here. Oh yeah, one of the things is Weird Al. Okay, excuse me. Les Claypool rides this line, the borderline of sounding like Weird Al sometimes. And if you listen to Winona's Big Brown Beaver, there are parts where it sounds like it's about to go off the handle and and play uh, "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." So this is the kind of shit that goes on in my head when I listen to this band. Uh, Professor Nutbutter's "House of Treats," first song in the album, one of my favorite fucking Primus songs. Can't picture a better way to kick this album off. Song goes hard as fuck. Uh, the only thing that, and I think about this every time I hear it, the only thing that I would change. 
uh, is uh, having, so there's like a, a bass riff that you hear constantly. Only the bass plays it. Uh, the only thing I would change is like, I want to hear what it sounds like to have the drum do that or the guitar do that to kind of swap off at least like later on in the song, have somebody else do what the bass is doing. Uh, it's very possible they experimented it when they were you know, writing the song and it was lame or, you know, sounded shitty. So they didn't do it. Uh, but in my head, it seems like it could sound cool. Uh, but yeah, Winona's Big Brown Beaver, there's people who shit talk that song quite a bit. Uh, it's another one of those Primus songs that like people know immediately when it starts. I'm in on that song. I think it's good. And I think that like, the okay, the fact that Primus got popular enough to play Woodstock and to be nominated for a Grammy is is fucking crazy. And, uh, and I love that. Uh, Southbound Pachyderm, uh, unique melody even for Primus, banger song. Uh, this album, if someone were to say that there's anyone there's any record that has i don't want to call it like a weaker second half but uh like i don't have a whole ton to say about the second half of this album that's why i'm saying like when i listen to it it's still like vibing it's still flowing it's still there uh but i I don't it might not hit as hard as some of their their other records uh rob what do you think of tales from the punch bowl giving it third place for the week so production wise uh, anti-pop is my favorite that album like sounds fucking metal like the the bass tone is fucking like in my face i fucking love it and then so uh tales from the punch bowl i think production wise is like kind of weak at least in comparison i just feel like the tone's not there the balls isn't there and i even feel like it's not like balanced very well i mean it's not a fucking horrible sounding album but just like listening to those two back and forth it's just like i'm pulled like a magnet towards anti-pop and like i don't really give a shit about uh tales from the punch bowl i mean uh winona's break bound beaver i like that song quite a bit uh, Space Farm is a cool song that could be like, uh, what's the word, like new dancey jazz music, except really loud in the mix. There's like a bunch of keyboard sounds trying to mimic cartoon snoring. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's fucking funny. Yeah. Primus favors joke telling, including anti-climax and anti-jokes in uh, putting spotlight on things that like, you know, don't get the spotlight because they're too ugly or whatever. Uh, Dale Davis's Tree Farm, the fucking song titles on this band. Uh, some of the, the riffs and melodies are like poppy, like they st- stick out like a th- sore thumb. But there's uh, cool dynamics, uh, stuff like a big old bass note ringing out for days and then bring it, bring the dynamic down. Like I love that stuff. Uh, Anza Jig. Uh, this uh, this banjo in that song and like uh, Wes increases the hillbilly tone on his voice. Goddamn! Uh, and then he like uh, yeah, so this cool like slow walking bass feel and then like cool bass solos traded with banjo solos. Um, and uh, the fretless bass sound is like there. It's like tasteful, uh, noticeable, but not so noticeable. Like so, that's a cool fucking song. And then on the tweak song, or uh, on the sorry, on the tweak again, that song really, really, really pushes the fretless sound. <laughs> I love how this band can like tastefully do something and then do something like four hundred percent too much, and like it's like oh goddamn, like this is fucking hilarious. And is this is this is this awesome or obnoxious? It's fucking both. <laughs> uh but yeah all that into like the distortion up guitar solo later uh yeah it's fucking primus this 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 band can be like so like hillbilly like hick and then like uh it can, it can be so fucking metal and um 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I love Primus, but yeah. So this this album, I'm giving number three for the week. That's it. Yeah, songs like Deon's a Jig. That's like okay. When I hear that song, it's like I don't know if I should love this song for existing or hate this fucking song for existing. Mm. Uh, Space Farm. Okay, Pink Floyd, Cold Chamber, Primus. Okay, every song ever written with a barnyard animal in the name or the word farm apparently has to have fucking animal noises in Jesus. it. Jesus, I don't know why so many fucking bands do it. Why? It's like the nursery rhymes. Just stop. I will give Primus the pass here because it's fucking Les Claypool. But stop fucking doing it unless it's a contractual thing then get that money uh glass sandwich right okay right around this time primus wrote the south park theme the theme song and i get vibes of it from this record so i i feel like they were written simultaneously or right around the same time as each other um this song specifically glass sandwich reminds me um or like makes me think about that. Uh, so they were apparently paid $74 to write it. Uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were big Primus fans. Uh, they had made the, the original short, which was, uh, something about Christmas. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and they reached out to Primus and they were like, yeah, we're, we'll pay you whatever. Uh, can you write a theme song for us? So they watched the show. They loved it. And Larry Lalonde is like, yeah, we were like, okay, this show's never getting on the air. So whatever, let's write a theme song for it. Anyway, it becomes like one of the biggest fucking shows of the past 25 years. Uh, if you watch the 25th anniversary concert, uh, it's on it's on YouTube. It's like two hours long or whatever. If you if you watch it, Primus is the backing band for a majority of the songs. Uh, they even play a couple Primus songs. It 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 uh, that the 25th anniversary starts with the uh, blue collar tweakers or whatever the name of that song is. Uh, it starts with that. So they do some Primus stuff in there. Uh, they pretty much just fill in as the house band. It's fucking great. They do a great job. Uh, th you know, there's so many great South Park songs, and uh, they play some stuff from Team America, and they probably play something from whatever the other show was that they had. Uh, Jomo, what do you think of Tales from the Punch Bowl? Um, it, this is kind of like the disappointing phase, you know? After, you know, you're hoping when you get diddled, like you will also receive some sort of uh, reciprocal, you know, jerk off or something. Like you wouldn't have to, you know, you have to jerk off the old dude. Like you're hoping he would jerk you off too. And I didn't get jerked off. And this is what happened. Tales from the Punch Bowl. Um, yeah, uh, two, two songs that I really recognize. And just for, you know, to for the sake of time, uh, I'll keep it sure and sweet. Uh, not my favorite album. This is like my least favorite album of the week, man. Uh, when known as Big Brown Beaver, everybody knows it. if you ever seen Zach and Mary make a porno, it's the, it's the opening fucking song uh, to the to the movie, and it sounds great. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, Southbound Pachyderm is pretty good, but everything else is kind of like this. To me, is just like it, it doesn't feel like Primus too much. It, it kind of feels like it's straying away from Primus, and like kind of like their eccentric behavior and their wild and kind of crazy weirdness that that i like about them they're kind of this very avant-garde sound that you don't get normally uh from from normal rock guys this is more of a fusion and it is what it is you know and this is them getting some sort of commercial success so i would say it's a four out of four it's a uh it's a five out of ten for me for this week so that's all i gotta say okay um last couple songs before i read some comments uh you're the parrot uh i love that song um shit. and then hellbound who gives a shit who gives a shit <laughs> hellbound 17 and a half uh song is prime for killing at shows catchy as fuck dude when you when i can't recommend just go watch woodstock 94 mm -hmm. with primus yeah. go mm -hmm. watch uh what do you call it um 
Family Values Tour 99 with Primus, they fucking kill. All right, let's read a couple of YouTube comments first. My favorite thing to do is roll a few joints and listen to every Primus vinyl. Next one. People don't seem to talk about how amazing the tone of the drums uh, is. The tone of the drums is in this album. Uh, next comment. Just barely getting into Primus. I honestly didn't realize just how badass they are. Next, my first Primus CD. I've never looked back. And lastly, I already I already had pork and cheese, so I was slightly underwhelmed on first listen back in '95. Uh, then I came around. It's a pretty awesome CD. I just wasn't sure what I was expecting back then when I was 14. I've heard a couple of people say that they weren't blown away by this album when it came out, but they've come around to it later on. Uh, is there anything that else that anyone wants to say about Tales for the Punchable before we move on? Next. All right. Let's talk about the last one and wrap this up. Love wrap you. it up, Box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Antipop is a 13-track record released in 1999, coming in just under 59 minutes long. It's the band's sixth studio album, reaching number 44 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. It contains the singles Lacquerhead and, Elect and uh, Electric Uncle Sam. Oh, by the way, the last album, Tales from the Punch Bowl, that reached number fucking eight on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. Imagine if Primus went to number one. That would be fucking incredible. Uh, produced by Primus, produced by Primus, Tom Morello, Stuart Copeland, Tom Waits, Matt Stone, and Fred Durst, and released through Prawn Song Records and Interscope Records. It is the final release by the band before their hiatus from 2000 to 2003. While producing the song Lacquerhead, Durst encouraged Primus to return to the more aggressive metal sound of their earlier albums, 1990's Fizzle Fry and 1991's Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Musically, it has been described as new metal, alternative metal, funk metal, uh, funk rock and experimental rock. It is the second and final studio album featuring Brain on Drums after 1997's Brown album. Antipop features several well-known guest musicians, including Tom Waits, James Hetfield of Metallica, uh, Jim Martin, former member of Faith No More, and Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. The band has regarded the album's production as tense and uncomfortable, with the members not getting along well with each other during the recording. Claypool has stated Antipop is the most difficult record we ever made because there was a lot of tension between the three of us, uh, and there was some doubt at the label as to whether we knew what the hell we were doing anymore. Uh, but there were, but there was some great things to come out of it, like the tune we did with Tom Waits, Coattails of a Dead Man. I love that song. After the release of Antipop, Primus went on a three-year hiatus from 2000 to 2003. Claypool said, we went on a hiatus, which is a fancy way of saying uh, we just didn't like being around each other and we wanted to break up, but we didn't have the balls to actually break up. I think we stopped before we totally shit our pants. The band themselves were not pleased with how Antipop turned out, uh, their dissatisfaction being a contributing factor to the, their brief dissolution. Les Claypool said, we were reaching the end of our creative rope. The well was just dry, so we started to suck mud. In a 2015 interview, Claypool additionally characterized the album as somewhat directionless, adding that, for the most part, it's my least favorite Primus record regarding their association with the new metal scene around this time. Claypool reflected in 2022, a lot of those bands ended up touring with us. I always joked that we were the leapfrog band because if you open for Primus, you'd become huge. I remember Interscope really wanting us to do Family huge. Values and Ozfest you'd be huge Yeesh. and uh and i was just not super comfortable in those worlds i mean we did them and we made a lot of great friends with them uh, but we just didn't feel like we fit rob what do you think of antipop uh i loved it uh so when they said that they were unhappy with this album and they were feeling directionless uh yeah i don't i don't know that every moment on this album i i love i don't uh you know there's parts i'd cut out but uh i i do think that there is like 
parts of this album that have no fat and are like i'm i'm kind of amazed at how poppy parts of it are despite it being like super dissonant diminished fucking brutal like uh you know you know metal or whatever it is funk metal uh electric uncle sam absolutely love that song natural joe i don't like uh that's uh <laughs> there's a the, the fucking like guitar line in the chorus I, I swear to god he ran out of ideas he didn't so he he, he got a chord so you got um you got uh, uh, tension, and then uh, you, then the next chord is like slightly less tension. It's like the, like the tension never fucking releases. So I don't like that song. But yeah, uh, Lacquerhead, uh, I absolutely love. Listen to that about a thousand times. Uh, uh, I fucking and th- that also has um, um, uh, in earlier versions. I was co- uh, kept comparing. Uh, I, I kept saying Primus is Hick Gorguts. And uh, what what it means is like th- they'll have riffs that are so fucking heavy, but they'll like cut out uh, melody and um, uh, like mute it so hard that they they, they mute out the, the the melody entirely. And there's there's something where I feel like I'm being trolled when this happens, but also um, I don't know. I fucking love it. Yeah. Anyways, Lacquerhead, love it. Anti pop, fucking love it. Um, the heckler uh there are so many wacky guitar lines in the heckler fucking love that song um i don't know i i i really fucking love this album i really think that uh i i had a good time blasting the shit in the amazon van this album's fucking heavy uh number one for the week that's it it is heavy yeah i love this record it's number one for me as well um it, a lot of people say this doesn't sound like Primus. Uh, it's 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 heavier than some of the other stuff they've done, but there's still pr- plenty of Primus to go around. Uh, and I'm surprised that they pulled this record off, and they they did they did a good job. There's definitely a lot more room for singles on this album. They only had a Lacquerhead and Electric Uncle Sam. There's there's plenty. Um, so yeah. I talked about the circles that these guys were in before. So now they're in a completely another set of circles with people who are younger than them in a whole different kind of genre of music. They're being pulled into the new metal uh, genre of music with people like Fred Durst and um, just the family values tour in general. These guys did play in family values, 1999. Someone recorded one of their sets. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's fucking great. It's about an hour long. And I, I, I just think it's funny that like these guys found themselves on the fam- family values tour because like, I think they pulled it off with this record when I was listening to them and I found out they were on there. songs like electric uncle Sam, which is a banger, lacquerhead banger, anti-pop banger. Uh, those songs would, would work in, a, in the family values tour. Uh, like some of the other stuff, maybe when Joma brought up like the avant-garde shit, yeah, maybe it wouldn't kind of go over so well, but definitely the most, if not all the songs on here, like greet the sacred cow, all this stuff I think would go over really well. And things like anti-pop great song, but it's like very primus. I'm anti-pop. I'll run against the grain till the day I drop, which is exactly what primus did their entire fucking career. Uh, that being said for being anti-pop, you know, they sure know how to, how to write a catchy song. Um, but yeah, so these guys, the circle just keeps getting bigger and that's what I love about these guys. I don't know. They didn't want it. There's a bunch, if you watch some of the other videos of Les Claypool talking, not only do they not really feel like they, they, it's not that they didn't want to do the family values tour and stuff. It's just that they didn't feel like they fit there. Right. They, they said that before in the early nineties when they wanted, like, I think one of the shows they played was like an MTV uh, like a spring break looking thing in like Mexico or some shit. And they're like, you know, we don't want to fucking do this. You go play for like 
20 year olds who are in college like why the fuck would we want to play this anyway they said they just got stoned or whatever and like played and it was really fun there was like rappers there that they were playing with so yeah these guys have like inadvertently gotten this gigantic fucking social circle of people who they're friends with and they've create they've created music with and everything uh there's one song on here that i think has one of the most boring riffs of this band's entire discography mama didn't raise no fool the main riff is like boring as shit like they make it work but if i if i was fucking around the guitar and i wrote that riff i would have thrown it out just as fast as i wrote it um, and yeah, so Les Claypool does not hold back. Like, I don't know who who pissed him off so much, but like he talks about in in uh, Antipop, he says like the stuff that comes through my uh, like my speakers have a steady syrup flow, which just means like garbage is like flowing through them. And then Mama Di didn't raise no fool. He says these eunuchs in their Prada and Gucci flavored clothes don't know. Excuse me, wouldn't know a fresh perspective if it bit him on the nose. He he doesn't give a fuck. He's letting he's letting loose. He's like fuck all these other people. Uh, Jumbo, what do you think of Antipop? Um, better than fucking, um, uh, Tales from the Punch Bowl. And I say that because it's just like piggybacking off what you guys are saying. It's pretty fucking heavy. There's some good shit to it. It's, it's edge. It's very, you know, against the grain when it comes to fucking what pop music is being put out there. I like that they didn't want to be classified as fucking new metal. I don't, when they never classified these guys as fucking new metal. Um, whoever brought up the fact that they sound like new metal, um, we'll just drop you in Syria and let ISIS deal with you. But, um, I, I just, I fucking love Lacquerhead. I think it's a great song. There's a lot of great songs in this album, but this is kind of, it gets into this weird phase of fucking Primus. I mean, they're, cause they're, they're anti-pop, but it's still, they get put out some catchy shit, like you said. So it's kind of hard to put my finger on Primus during this era. It's very easy to relate to them and their first three albums, uh, for me. But after that, it's kind of like this is weird phase of Primus where it's like it's like that weird dad. You know how you, you like you, you look at your dad and you're like, oh, dad, dad's a man. And then, well, you know, and then like once you get older, you're just like, oh, well, um, my dad's weird or I don't like my dad anymore. Well, it's it's like kind of like that. It's a very falling mm -hmm. out. You still love them, but it's just kind of weird now and you don't have the same relationship. So that's how I classify Primus during this era. It's weird mm -hmm. for me. And it's weird for me to gauge who Primus is, but I would say this is probably my number three for the week. Not bad, but it's not my favorite. Okay. Yeah, if they played this record live, I would legit 100% go. I, I doubt it's ever happening. Uh, on top of like them having to... I don't know, like relive this era of the band. They apparently don't like this album at all. So it's, I doubt it's going to happen. But uh, if it did, I would go. There's a song on here, Ballad of Bodacious. And it's a song about a cream colored bull who weighs over 1,900 pounds and was born in Galtry, Oklahoma. And it talks about people trying to ride him and getting thrown off and shit. That's what I'm saying. Like songs like Ballad of Bodacious, if they played that at Family Values Tour, which they probably did, that's the kind of shit that I could see people being like, fuck, fuck this band. Uh, but when I listen to it, it's like, you know, Les Claypool is a great storyteller. Uh, it's one thing. One thing I love about old school country is the storytelling of it. And Les can tell good stories. Uh, and I love, yeah, Battle Bodacious. Whenever it comes on, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. There's, the last song on this record is called Coattails of a Dead Man. Um, and I'm going to call it a dark carnival waltz. They have a couple songs that are like this in their discography. This is the song with Tom Waits. Um, anyway, it's fucking ridiculous. I love it. I think it, it pretty much ends this album. But then there's like a minute of silence and then Rob brought up the heckler, which is some of Larry Lalonde's coolest guitar playing. Uh, he drops so much big dick guitar playing in it in like a single song. Uh, so half, when I hear like half of the song, it's like, okay, yeah, that's why this was a hidden track on this album. And then I hear the other half and it's like, yo, this shouldn't have been a hidden track on this album. The heckler fucking bangs. 
Uh, and uh, on that video I was talking about where he plays some of the riffs, he plays the heckler as well. And his explanation of playing guitar is so funny because it's like so not exact. It's like, oh, you could hit two strings or three strings, whatever you can get. Uh, and yeah, he's awesome. This, there's a comment on this on this is this is definitely Larry's song. Uh, anyway, uh, banger song, fucking love it. Great record. Uh, I would if I had to pick one of these, if I could only listen to one going forward, it would probably be anti-pop. But I could listen to any of these all the way through. I think that they're really good. I don't think Primus really has like bad songs personally. There might be some that aren't as good as the others, but again, to me, they just they have a flow to them. They have like this bigger picture thing that I love. Let's read a couple YouTube comments and we'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, first, I would like to just take a moment to thank Metallica for not choosing this bass player. Next one says, keep running against the grain less. Uh, run like fucking forest. Next comment says, how can Antipop be so catchy? Next comment says, is this system of a down? And lastly, I don't get why Primus themselves think this is their worst album. Is there anything else that anyone wants to say about Antipop or Primus? No. Band. Uh, Primus sucks. <laughs> so they, uh, if you want more Primus, they had Selling the Seas of Cheese in 1991. Brown album in 1997, Green Naga Hide in 2011, Primus and the Chocolate Factory with the the Fungi Ensemble in 2014, mm. and the Desaturating Seven in 2017. So there's a bunch more. And of course, I talked about what was it Suck on This or whatever their original live album that you can listen to as well. All right, uh, yeah, we all set. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure. Uh, take care. We hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Take care.